When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1871, How to Let Go of Your Regrets, part two, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And I'm Justin Mollick, the guy that reads to you every single day of the year, including weekends and holidays, to help you live a more meaningful and positive life. Today, I have a continuation post from yesterday. I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first, if you haven't already. But if you're all caught up, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. How to Let Go of Your Regrets, Part 2, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. By learning how to question our narratives, we can gain greater perspective on how bad what we did actually was. And if we're honestly questioning ourselves, we'll often find that it wasn't nearly as bad as we thought. For instance, let's say Timmy wasted his life savings in a pyramid scheme. Timmy feels awful. His wife hates him. His friends ridicule him. He can't pay his rent everything is falling apart. In the moment, due to how painful the event is, Timmy constructs a narrative for himself. I wasted all our money because I'm an idiot and I ruined our lives. If only I could go back and do it over again. Timmy now has a regret. What's dangerous about narratives like this is that they self-perpetuate. Our minds are meaning-making machines and negative narratives are particularly pernicious. If Timmy believes he's a piece of and horrible with money, Then whenever he has new experiences, he will interpret them through the I am a piece of shit and terrible with money lens. He will also interpret good things that happen to him as simply good luck and bad things that happen to him as his own fault. The problem with our narratives is that they are chronically short-term, emotional, and self-centered. What Timmy's narrative doesn't consider is that losing your money can have some subtle long-term benefits. Aside from learning to never invest in a shady Las Vegas timeshare, his experience will test the commitment of his marriage and it can alter his own relationship and philosophy with money for the better. It can teach him that he needs far less to live and survive than he had expected. It can root out all of the superficial, materialistic values he had been carrying around his whole life and help him replace them with healthier, non-material values. It can stress test his friendships, and bring him closer to certain family members who help him out in a time in need. 
It can give him a useful cautionary tale, teaching others lessons so that they don't repeat his same mistake. If he extends the timeline long enough and zooms out on the lens wide enough, Timmy may one day look back and say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And in fact, most people, if you talk to them, say that their most painful experiences were often their most important experiences. But to get to that point, you have to get out of your own way. You have to wipe away your own bullshit narratives. Listening to our worst hits album, on repeat. When we experience regret, we are choosing to relive our past. We are replaying our broken narrative over and over again. We are living as though the past is still true, even though it has long stopped explaining the world well for us and even though the broken narrative continues to hurt us. The problem is that we identify with these lost opportunities. We take these failures on as our lost identity, the person we should have been but never were. And then we torture ourselves with that idealized image. Let's say you're in a dead-end job and maybe you're not the young gunslinger you once were, so you think it's too late to do something different. You're too old to go back to school, too far into your career to change paths, and too settled in your life to make changes that will affect others, like your family. All of these narratives are probably wrong, by the way. So you've constructed this ideal self that reflects who you wanted to be 10, 15, or 20 years ago, rather than who you are today. Your ideal self is, one, young, because that's when you're supposed to go to school, and two, single and responsibility-free, because that's when you're supposed to develop the foundation of your career. As Shakespeare once said, probably, quote, how is this f***ing stupid? Let me count the ways, end quote. First and foremost, youth is just this made-up thing you decided was important. You don't have to think it's important if you don't want to. I used to think I was going to be a musician. Then I dropped out of music school. I don't sit around thinking, oh man, if only I hadn't dropped out, I could have been a musician. What's wrong with me? No, I realized that my desire to be a professional musician was a totally arbitrary ideal in my mind and I could change it. The second reason this obsession over our idealized self is dumb is that even if you did somehow revitalize your sense of youth, it probably required diluting yourself in some other harmful way. Meanwhile, with each passing year, you get a little older and take on a few more responsibilities and you grow further and further away from this idealized youthful self. As it becomes less and less attainable in your mind, you feel your idealized self slipping away and you regret it. You regret it so much, so much time lost, so much time wasted. But fuck it, let that narrative die. It's no longer serving you and it's not, nor was it ever, necessarily true. Let it die. Instead, choose the right career as the older and wiser version of yourself, now that you have an idea of what the you actually want. Being older has so many advantages. Use them and move on. By moving through your regrets and accepting the falsity of your ideal selves, you free yourself to take responsibility for the present. Regrets and responsibility. I've said before that in order to let go of a relationship, You have to accept that a part of you, the part that was born and only lived when you were with that person, is now dead and gone. Well, the same goes for regrets. Finding closure for your regrets means letting your lost self die off once and for all. That death is necessary so you can learn what your regret is trying to teach you. Here's the irony. At the cocktail party of you, the only version of you that can teach you something you don't already know is the regrettable you. It's the one version of yourself that can show you where your narratives have gone wrong, 
where your understanding of yourself has faltered, where you are refusing to take responsibility for your life and your pain. We often hold on to our regrets as another way of avoiding responsibility, and confronting our regrettable self makes that responsibility unavoidable. We have to face and accept who we really are, and that's probably going to hurt. Regret can take us through a whole spectrum of emotional states. One side of the spectrum is the dark lament we feel when we're reminded of how f***ed up and flawed we are. But the other side of regret, the side that makes it all worth it, is the light it shines in. That light guides us to a better understanding of ourselves and ultimately to a place of acceptance of how f***ed up and flawed we are. In the end, the slow burn of regret that carries on for years is really just a death by a thousand tiny cuts. So let your regrets turn into a raging wildfire that kills everything in its path. You can sow the seeds for something better in the ashes. You just listened to part two of the post titled How to Let Go of Your Regrets by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Great quote in this article. I would argue a regret is simply a mistake that we haven't learned the proper lesson from yet. It's such a great way to reframe it and see that Along with failure, it's not bad, it's a learning experience, as is everything. So dwelling on it negatively isn't helpful, but making sense of it and seeing it as a bump that we have to get past can be meaningful. So something to think about today if you're having those regrets. Hope you're having a great start to your week and I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.